in this place. The Holy Spirit will welcome you to have your way. Touch us, oh God. We are dependent upon you. Let's bless the Lord together. Sing this. And God, there's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. And there will never be, never be no one like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. And there will never be. You speak and waters crash upon the sand. And the oceans push and pull in your command. And you hold the moon and stars within your hand. With all, with just a breath, the world began. And God, there's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. There will never be, never be no one like you, oh God. There's nobody like you, God. There's nobody like you, God. There will never be.
the angel took the prophet into the water, it went deeper and deeper and deeper. He didn't go more shallow each step until it got deeper. If your walk with the Lord goes like this and it doesn't get any deeper, it's time to say this verse and make it a, a true prayer in your heart. Because if you're just living on the straight line, you know what a flat line is? You know what a flat line is? There's no heartbeat. That means you're dead. God don't want us to flatline. Lord, we need more of your touch. Lord, stir a passion in us. Let's lead that verse together. Breathe on me, holy one. Lord, 
Hallelujah. 
sing it again just like that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just the voice to sing it to him. Hallelujah. And hallelujah to the Lamb. Lord, we praise your name. Worship him, church. Take a moment to worship the Lord together, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just speak your praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Honor his presence. We worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Continue to worship. You may be seated. How's everybody doing this morning? Good to see you in the house of the Lord today. I'm going to do an old song here. I haven't sang this song in years, actually.
Amen. Isn't God good today, ladies and gentlemen? Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited to preach to you today. I have a word from the Lord, I feel like, for us. And it's so good to have our, some of our guests with us today. It's always good to see you. We're ready for our home folks to get back as well. And uh, we know that will come in time. And uh, we're just praying for them. Also today, I want you to pray for Ronnie Baldwin's family. As many of you know, Brother Ronnie, it's, it comes at a shock. Can I say it that way? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Ronnie was praising the Lord, worshiping God around this church. Just the Spirit of God on him in such a way, affirming to us that he knew his maker. He knew Jesus. But uh, unexpectedly, Ronnie passed away. And so today for Dylan and, and Nathan and for the kids, there's four of them, the siblings, that God would be with them and touch them. I know that their heart's breaking. I've been here before, and many of you have been here before. Uh, when I lost my father, my father was a, um, it was an expected death. And it doesn't matter if death is expected or unexpected. It still hurts. Am I not right? But mother passed, and it was an unexpected passing. When that happens, that's exactly what Dylan and them are dealing with right now. And I'm going to tell you something. It's a tough pill to swallow. It's a hard one. And you have to work through it even in your spirit, questioning God as to why he would allow this to happen. It's a hard time, I promise you, that they're going through right now. So I want you to be in prayer for them. If you would like to participate, they're going to be having a graveside service only. This graveside service will be social distance and everything. That's why they're just doing it outdoors. So if you want to participate in that today, you can. And go show your support for the family. I know it's, it's different. And uh, we did um, Charles Masters this way with Brother Rick and them. It's different. I promise you that. You're used to hugging necks and crying on each other and giving your love and support. It's different. But showing up is support. So if you want to be a part of that today at 3 o'clock at Hillcrest Memorial Gardens is where they're going to put Ronnie's body to rest at. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to speak on this topic. Stay faithful, the Matthias anointing. Has anybody ever heard of a guy named Matthias? I already got a couple people. Well, you're, you're fixing to figure out he's a pretty important guy. Acts chapter 1 verse 15 through 26 is what I want to read to us today. And in those days Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether the number of names was about 120 and said men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas Y'all remember Judas Iscariot, he's the betrayer, the one that kissed Jesus on the cheek, betrayed him to be crucified, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. He was one of the twelve disciples, of course, that Jesus chose, but Judas betrayed him. Now this man purchased the field with the wages of iniquity, and falling headlong, or head first, he burst open in the middle, and all his entail, entrails are... This is a horrific scene, ladies and gentlemen, but they gushed out. Uh, you can't do wrong and expect to get by with it. If, if, if you treat people bad, I promise you, somewhere down the line, honey, it is going to catch up with you, and it's going to hurt. So you better treat people right, or either this could happen. Look, look. And it became known to all those going in Jerusalem, so the field is called in his own language, Akel Demai, which is called the field of blood, for it is written... In the book of Psalms, let his dwelling place be desolate, let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Therefore, of these men who have accompanied us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John to that day when he was taken up from us, which is the ascension, one of these must become a witness with us of his resurrection. They proposed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice and 
Matthias. And they prayed and said, you, O Lord, you know the hearts of all. Show which of these two you have chosen to take part in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas, by transgression, failed that he might go to his own place. And they cast their lots, and the lot fell on this man. We're going to talk about the day named Matthias, and he was numbered with the eleven Apostles, Can you say amen to the reading of the word of God today? Now I want you to go with me to the upper room for just a few moments in Acts chapter 2. You know that Pentecost pours out. The Bible says that 120 are gathered in the upper room. They all begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. They're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1, of course, 1 comes before 2. So in Acts chapter 1, they're still in the upper room, but they're waiting for the promise of the Father. So for 10 days now, they have been waiting in this upper room. And Matthias is here undoubtedly with them in the upper room. And I want you to watch this for just a moment with me. Here they are about to replace an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is not a light decision. This is a major decision that is going to take place. I want you to grab it. When Jesus came to this earth, he chose 12 men. What an honor it would have been out of everybody in Jerusalem and Judea and all the parts of the world. He chose 12 men. Now, if God chose you, Johnny, out of, out of a whole group of people and said, you're going to be my disciple, wouldn't you feel special? I know I would. I'd be a man. You mean, you're like, well, what do you see in me? But God chose. So this is a big deal to be a disciple of Jesus. And Jesus only chose 12 of them. The big question that they are wrestling with is who will become the 12th disciple and take the place of Judas Iscariot. Now I want somebody to understand something. If you quit right now, I want you to know that there's somebody else that's going to take your place. Don't ever think that you've got it and the show's yours and if you're gone, everything falls apart. Because God's got somebody. See, Judas quit. Judas gave up. He decided he was going to pack his bags. He was going to go on to the house. He's done with Jesus. He's had enough of this stuff. He decides he's going to quit. So he walks away from God of his own will. He walks away from him, betrays him with the kiss. And you know how the story goes. We just read it. He made a conscious decision to walk away from Jesus. But do you think that Jesus only had 11 people that could follow him? Do you think that he'd leave them at 11? apostles? Of course not. He said it's time to get somebody else to fill that job. You know some pastors they get to the place that they think if I leave the church can't go on. Let me tell you something. I learned a long time ago sure things will change. Sure some people may leave. Others may come. There's going to be some changes that take place at any time that a pastoral leadership may change. But at the end of the day guess what? The church stays. It stays. Hallelujah. If I packed my bags, if I told y'all today I'm quitting. Now, now y'all know sometimes these people on Facebook, they'll edit clips. You ever seen that? And, and they make you think so. I guess they could edit that and be like, everybody be like, Pastor Jimmy said he's quitting today. He's leaving. Don't you think about it, Leslie. I know it's crossing your mind. I see it on your grin back there. You can edit it and just, just focus on it. And then I'll be like Trump and I'll be tweeting fake news, fake news, fake news. But if I quit today, and God forbid, but if I were to quit today, what I'm telling you is God would have another man, another person that would fill this pulpit. If somebody decides today that they're going to quit, God will fill that pew. Do you understand what I'm preaching to you today? So what I want you to understand, I've seen so many members, I've seen this so many times, and I've pastored 
several churches and, and I've been in some outfits where there's this one guy that, that has a lot of money and he, or one lady has a lot of money they think, well, you know what? I can run the church and, and I can tell, you know, pastor what to do and, and I can make the decisions and, I, and, and I've even had people tell me, well, if you don't do it that way, now I'll leave and I'm taking my tides with me. Do you know what? I look at him and say, all right, I'll see you. Bye. Because what I understand is simply this. And no, we don't want anybody to leave. I try to tell people, no, 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 come on. Now, we can work this out. You know, We try to work with them. But I'm telling you, sometimes you just can't work. Some people made up their mind. And you tell them goodbye. Do you know why you tell them goodbye? Because God has proved time and time again that it does not take one person to run the church. God is always going to send somebody else in your place. I know that as a pastor. And you should know that as a member that God has some. Body, but I don't want nobody taking my place. Do you want somebody taking your seat? Do you want somebody taking your position? No, Lord God, no. Let me stay here and let me work for Jesus until my last dying breath. What I'm telling you is we cannot get haughty. We have to understand that God has somebody that will do our job if we will not do it. You think that this guy Matthias has to be able to preach. Surely he's a good preacher. Surely he has to have some kind of great gift to be able to do it. Maybe he's a tremendous healer. Maybe he's like Peter. Peter walks by people and his shadow heals them. It's amazing how that, that happened. I still would love to see something like that. Never even thought that possible. He walks by and his shadow just casts and they're healed. You would think Matthias would be that kind of guy, but I don't find that about him. Maybe he needs to flow in so many gifts of the Spirit before it can be used. Maybe can he cast out devils? Did, did he ever ask, can he heal the sick? Does he have a new revelation? Has he wrote a book? I mean, I mean, who is this guy? Has he conquered any nations for Christ? What kind of difference has he made? The answer is no, no, and no. The only thing, somebody say only thing. It's the only thing. The only thing they were looking for was somebody, grab this, who has been with them from the beginning through the ascension. Are you with me? From the beginning of Jesus' ministry until Jesus is taken in the ascension. Nobody to this point knows this guy's name. Nobody knew anything about him. His qualifications were not based on his gifts, on his talents, on his ability. It was not based on his knowledge. It was not based on his bank account and the money that he had. None of these things mattered. The only thing that mattered was this. Has the man been faithful? This, this is going to speak to you today. I'm telling you, this is going to speak to all of us from the, from the back all the way to that, from this back to that back. It's going to speak to us today. What does faithful even mean? It means to be loyal. It means to be consistent. It means to have a constant in your life. Very few will you find friends that you can say are faithful. They tell us that if we find one friend that we can really call our best friend that we've done good. If we have two, then we've really done really, really good. Because they're hard to come by. Those people that will stand with you through thick and thin. Those people that you can trust with your deepest, darkest secrets. And you know in your heart they're not going to say anything about you. Nowadays we get friendships and when we make our friend mad, what do some of them do? They turn on and say, well, I don't know. 
I got some blackmail here. You trusted me with some information. So I'm going to go tell somebody about what you did. That is not true friendship. Has he been faithful? God wants to know. Has Matthias been loyal? Has he been constant? Has he been consistent? You'll recall the story of the talents when God came in and the man gives them talents. He gives one five talents, uh, two talents, one talent. And whenever he comes back, the Bible says that the man comes back to see if the talents have been utilized and when he comes back, the man with five talents said, what did you do with your talents, man? What did you do with your gifts? What did you do with your anointing? And he says, God, I don't have five anymore. I applied it. I not only did my talents, God blessed me. And I, look, I got ten talents. Oh, well done. Good and faithful. Y'all hear that word there? Faithful, loyal, consistent servant. You've been ruler over little. I'm going to make you ruler over much. You're blessed. Favor of God all over you. The man with two talents, what have you done for me? I got four talents. Look at them. Here they are. Oh, good and faithful, sir. But then there's this guy that had one talent. What did he do? Does anybody remember the story? He got a shovel. He dug. He buried his talent in the ground and said, I just figured that my master's a hard lord and, and I wanted to protect that talent. I want Listen to me. The point of the story is simply this. That what God is looking for is not people that will bury their gifts and bury their talents. What God is looking for is for people that he has given talents to that will say, God, I'm going to use those talents faithfully for the glory of the kingdom of God. So if there's somebody here today and you buried your talent, I'm speaking to you. And I'm telling you, spiritually speaking, you need to dig that thing up and say, God, you bless me with this gift. You bless me to sing. I'm going to sing. You bless me to play. I'm going to play. You bless me to help other people. I'm going to help other people. It's all about being faithful, ladies and gentlemen. Now watch this. It's the only thing that matters. Now enter into the mind of Matthias with me. He is there when Jesus healed the sick. All right. He is there when he makes the lame walk. He's there and sees him touch deaf ears and they open. He has watched him make the mud pie in the scripture. One of the most crazy things you ever read. You spit in the ground, make some clay, rub it on the eyes, pray for him and he's healed. I see ministries walking. I mean, you know that story. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. He was there. He saw all of that. He was there when Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit descended like a dove on Jesus Christ. He was there when Jesus heals these people, does all of these great things. He was simply there all the time and that's all that mattered. Can I say it this way? Are you ready? He showed There is something that can be said for people that just show up. You know, I, God help pastor today. You know, I'll be so glad when people start coming back to church. You know, get, we, we can get some numbers. Today's a little better. We went up a little bit today. Uh, I thought at the beginning of this thing, we had some pretty good numbers. I thought, man, we, we're getting there. But, but when you see 200 people plus in a church, and then all of a sudden you see an under 100, that kind of, it, it bothers you. I mean, if you ain't a, if you were the leader, wouldn't it bother you? Or would y'all be like, oh, this is great. This is great. Let's keep this rolling. No, I want to see people in church. But at the same time, and I'm going to be very, very clear because I don't want no editing and cutting and me having to tweet fake news today, all right? I want to be very clear. I understand. There's people that are sick. There's people that are, that are elders especially. There are maybe even younger people that have some underlying conditions. We got transplant patients, all right? Things like this. I understand if they're not comfortable being out in public. I don't have a problem with that. 
Anybody here have a problem with that? I don't have a problem with it. If they, if they don't want to get sick, that's fine. God bless them. If, if they don't feel comfortable. And I've said that from the beginning. But I'm afraid that so often times, if we're not careful, we look for excuses to not come to church. And if you, oh my God, help Jimmy preach today. If you, if you allow the devil to get in your heart and in your mind, it don't take much of an excuse to get you to say, you know what, I think I'm just going to stay out today. It's easy. I mean, and, and once you get used to it, you know what I'm saying? And somebody said, well, I can watch it on Facebook. Now, I understand all that. But I'm telling you, I've watched some Facebook services, but they ain't nothing like a live service. You know what I'm saying? They ain't nothing like being there. Because what's going to happen, what's going to happen is I'm going to preach something like I preached last Sunday, and I had to delete it off Facebook because of some of the things I was saying like a crazy man. That's Brian. I did it. He called me and said, where did the video go? I said, I had to delete. I said a couple things I really didn't want aired on, on Facebook. And so, so guess what? If you didn't watch it live last Sunday, and if you weren't here, you missed it. I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I just did. I thought it was pretty good. What I'm telling you is there's something to be said for people that show up. I thank God for people that show up because Matthias is that guy. And see, and it's not just COVID, right? It's not just COVID. I'm not just talking about COVID. Listen, I've come into church some Sundays, and I, you and ask Brian, I get in on, on Monday morning, I'm talking before COVID, we didn't even know coronavirus existed. I get so sick of hearing people make excuses. I asked somebody the other day, why don't y'all have gun shells? They said coronavirus. Yeah, thank you. I said, why ain't y'all got a gun? Coronavirus. Why ain't y'all got toilet paper? Coronavirus. I've heard it until I'm just tired of it. And I understand. People quit working. They shut down. And so supply and demand and production went down. I understand. We're trying to catch up. But I'm going to tell you something. This is just a mess, ladies and gentlemen. It is a mess. Do you hear what I'm telling you? It is something about showing up. So it's not coronavirus. Let's not blame it on coronavirus. There's been regular Sundays before we even knew coronavirus existed. And I'd come in the office on Monday morning and say, where was everybody at? How do you have... 70 or 80 less people from Sunday to Sunday. We've had it here. We walked in one Sunday, have a great week, and then the next Sunday you come and you're missing 70 people. Where are 70 people at? Where are they at? Somebody said, well, they're on vacation. Well, my Lord, have mercy. Let's start getting the calendar and working vacation together. Can we do that so it don't hit me so hard? But it's not just vacation week. It just hits over and over. And what you understand is people look for any excuse to not come to the house of God. God, help us just to have this Matthias anointing that says if it opens, I'm going to show up. There is something to be said for people that will simply be faithful. We judge people oftentimes based on how much they do or, or how big their ministries are. But, but notice of what is said about this man's criteria for becoming an apostle. I've got to hurry. Do you understand the highest office in all of the New Testament was the call of an apostle? An apostle. Paul was an apostle. You had to see the resurrected Lord to be an apostle. So God says to this man, Matthias, I do not care if Matthias has talent. I don't care if Matthias has a gift. I do not care if he has an education. That's right. I didn't make him submit a resume. I don't need to know if he has a Ph. degree in the Bible. I don't care if he's got money in the bank or if he's the poorest man that lives on a box at a street corner. All that I want to know is does he have faith? And God can work with people that have faith. Here goes Matthias. Here he is. Here he is. 
Follow along with me. You know, I was, uh, I was studying a few weeks back. This happens to me often. I need God to help me, I guess. But, you know, I was studying a few weeks back. And, and I had just, I had, I had studied. I had looked through resources. I had looked through books. I looked through Bible. I, I, I even got online. So what, what's online? What can I find online? There's got to be something that just births in my spirit. And you be sitting there, you just can't get nothing. Now I've had moments I just kind of throw the Bible to the other side of the, of the desk or book or resource. I just throw it to the side of the desk and say, you know what? I've had it, God. I, I can't, you won't speak to me. I can't find a word for Sunday. Yet that happened to me. And if you think that preachers never get upset or mad, you're wrong. You ought to ride with me some days. Now, some of you, you may not get upset, you may not get mad, you may not have any anger issues, but I'm going to tell you something. I believe that we're all human, and every pastor I've ever met, I've found some human in them. So, so maybe you don't get mad like that, but I've had times, even though I know God is always with me, ladies and gentlemen, I know it. I've read the Bible numerous times, from, from Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation. I've read the back of the book. I know everything that goes on several times. I've read it. Read it. I'm reading it right now. I'm in the middle of my, of my yearly Bible plan. I'm, I'm over halfway there now. And I thank God. It's just blessing me. And I always find something fresh in you. I can quote scripture to you. I can tell you that he said, I will be all with you always, even until the end of the age or until the end of the world, depending on the version you read it in. So I know that God's with me. I've read stories about Daniel and the lion's den that some of you kids in here understand. I've read that story. I know how it ends. Daniel's victorious. Even a hungry lion can't a man of God that got the angel of the Lord protecting him. That tells you something about the God that we serve. When you're faithful to him, he'll be faithful to you. And so I've read little David and, and, and Goliath and the, and the stones and he swung it, swung it, swung it and he hit him in the head and he fell and he killed the giant that day. I've read all that. I read the three Hebrew boys. I know all the kids' stories. I read Noah's in the ark. I know all of these stories. So I can tell you today that I understand that God is always with me. All right? But there's times that i got to admit I cannot feel Him the way I want to feel Him. There are seasons in my life that I don't sense His presence. There's some days that it's like He's right, man, I just hate, oh, I can just feel Him in me. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. But then there's other days that it's kind of ice cold. And I'm like, Lord, are you, you still there with me? Are you, you still going to help me? I know He's there. I know he's there, but it doesn't undermine the fact that sometimes I don't hear his voice. I don't hear him speaking to me. Look at Job 23. Job knows exactly what I'm talking about here. He says, I go east, and he is not there. I go west, but I cannot find him. He says, I don't see him in the north, for he is hidden from me. I look to the south, but he is concealed. Look at verse 10. This is powerful. But he knows where I am going. Isn't that powerful? So it doesn't matter if I don't know where I'm going. Just as long as I know He's with me and He knows where I'm going. Well, God Almighty. And I just stay faithful, then everything works out. He knows where I'm going and when He tests me, I will come out as pure as gold. Now watch verse 11. See, normally we stop on verse 10. That's normal. And I stop my preach, we shout hallelujah. But today I need to read on and, and let you grab this. For I have stayed on God's path. I have followed His ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from His commands, but have treasured His words or His Bible more than my daily 
food. So Job gives us this great thing. I don't see him. I can't tell where he is. I don't feel him. I don't sense his presence. I've looked east, west, south, north, every direction I can look. But God's nowhere to be found. But he knows the way that I take. And what does he say? It's because I've, in essence, I've remained faithful. I'm walking in the Matthias anointing. And when I didn't feel him, I just stayed with him. I just stayed connected, stayed there. Listen, here's the lesson of Matthias. This Matthias anointing says, I am here when he is in and I am here when he is out. That means when he was on his earthly ministry, when I saw him healing people, I was with him. But also when he went away and he left at the ascension, he says, I'm still here. You think about it. Whenever Jesus was crucified and there... They're taking Jesus to be crucified. The Bible says that Peter, yeah, great Peter, the guy that preached on the day of Pentecost, thousands of souls are saved. The same Peter that, I mean, we just read about Peter. Everybody knows Peter, right? I mean, he's like, I mean, you cannot look at the 12 apostles and not think first of Peter. I mean, he's just the forefront. He's the forefront. He's the guy that's there. He's the one that grabs the microphone. If there's somebody that takes the stage, it's Peter. But when Jesus was betrayed. Where was Peter? The Bible said Peter, the great Peter, was following afar off. But the way it looks to me is Matthias. Matthias. We didn't know his name, but Matthias was still following him. He was still walking with him. He was still watching him all the way to the cross, all the way to his death. What Matthias wants us to understand is that when God was feeding the multitudes, I was part of the multitude. I ate from the bread. But even when he quit feeding us and just started teaching and others left because all they wanted was the loaves and the fishes, I stayed there at the feet of the master and I listened to everything he had to say because I'm going to be here when he's here. And now he's at this ascension. Jesus is leaving them the disciples are discouraged and say, what are we going to do without our Lord? How are we going to make it without your miracles? How are we going to make it without your teaching? How are we going to make it by ourselves? But guess who's there? Oh, some of y'all ain't getting this. It's a man called Matthias. I just keep hanging in there. I, I do what I can day in and day out. And he understood sooner or later, hopefully sooner than later, there is going to come a shower of refreshing. Hallelujah. For an attitude like that. There is a shower of refreshing for the person that will remain faithful and say, if I will just wait on the Lord, I know that I will rise up with wings like an eagle. He will renew my strength. You better learn that in ministry, ladies and gentlemen. And, and, and somebody said, well, I'm not a minister. No, 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 let me tell you something. There was years ago, and I, I don't even know, I, it was probably written before I was even born, but, but they used to sing that song, and it always, I, I don't even know any of the words, I just know the, the, the name of the song, and it was that song that, that your life may be the only Bible that someone ever reads. That line just grabbed me. It has grabbed me for years and years. Because what that means is we're evangelists. What that means is when you go to your job, Gene, on, on, on Monday, you're an evangelist. When, when you drive that truck, Doug, and, and you stop at a store and you happen to have a conversation that was unexpected and you're able to pour into somebody's life, you're a minister at that point. Does everybody understand what I'm telling you? So your ministry is not just that we think. When I say learn that ministry, I'm talking to all of us as Christians. Because it's not just the guy that holds the Bible and preaches with the microphone. It is all of us that have been called to do the great commission of Jesus Christ. And every day there are people that are coming in your path that you are going to minister to. 
And you may be the only Bible they ever read. They may have never read the Bible. They may not even know about God. They may not care about God. They may have never been raised in church. But you can change their life. You have to learn it. Ladies and gentlemen, I, uh, you know, I, I have my moments. And like I say, I need prayer. But there's been days that, you know, I've just got disgusted. I got discouraged. Sometimes ministry can get discouraging. It can. And I remember one day I said, you know what, God? I'm going to go do my dream job. Yeah, I'm going to go be one of them Starbucks baristas. Yeah, yeah. You don't think, uh, you say, oh, that ain't nothing about pouring coffee. Well, you ought to watch them bad boys when they have to mix all them crazy drinks. I was reading the thing the other day. There's thousands, literally thousands of drinks you can get from Starbucks. So go ahead and talk about your barista all you want. You got to know what you're doing. And he's just pouring in there. He has to mix that stuff. And so some days I thought, well, I ain't just going to be a Starbucks guy. I, lo I love drinking coffee, coffee, man. I just love that. I ain't going to do that. I just can't stand this anymore. I'm not taking this anymore. But do you know what I've learned to do in my lowest seasons? I learned just be faithful. You may be discouraged. Be faithful. Things may not look the way you want them to look. Be faithful. People may not come to church like you want to see it. And I'm not talking about Crawford. I'm talking at any time. Be faithful. If, 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 if somebody don't get saved, be faithful. You've got to keep on doing what you're doing because sooner or later, a river's going to swell up. The blessings of God are going to pour on you. A cloud's going to come over your head. Showers of refreshing, showers of blessing, so much that you will not be able to receive it. The key is simply being faithful. When you don't feel like going to church, guess what? You go anyhow. When, I, when it's one of those weeks and I don't know if my sermon's together or not. And I, I just don't really feel it, God. But I get up because I feel like this is what i got to say. And I preach it. And the Holy Spirit begins to anoint me to deliver the word to you guys. Let me tell you. I get up and I do it anyhow. Because I've got to be faithful. And there's some of you in this building that you need to understand. You need God to cover you in a Matthias anointing. That when you feel like giving up and when you feel like quitting. And when you feel like you're not making a difference. That you say, devil, get thee behind me. I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing. God is going to bless me for it. If I'll be faithful. Oh, my God. Sooner or later, the spirit is lifted. So if you can't sing like an angel today, you cannot preach like the apostle Paul today. And y'all don't want me preaching like Paul. He preached so long one time a guy fell out a window and broke his neck. All right. This is a word for you. You find out what God has called you to do. No matter how small it is. No matter how insignificant it may seem. And you be faithful in doing that. And God will bless you. Amen. Some years ago, some of you ladies decided you were going to do some sewing, I'm told. And they did that a lot. They did it. To some people, they may say, that ain't nothing. People that were getting them. It was everything. Don't look at your job and what God gives you the niche to do. Alright? Whether it's an earthly talent or a spiritual talent. Don't look at that and say it's insignificant. God can't use it. What God wants you to do is do it anyhow. Do what you can do. And do it for the glory of God. Listen to me ladies and gentlemen. Faithfulness over time will be rewarded. A matter of fact, faithfulness over time always leads to promotion. I'm going to say that again for somebody. And I'm not talking about just in a pulpit or a church. I'm talking about in your job. If you will be faithful over what they've given you to do and you do it well and you do it with excellence, you'll get a promotion. 
I'm telling you, you will. It's going to happen. Because faithfulness over time leads to promotion. I told y'all the story. I read it. It's one of those inspirational gold casts that you can watch sometime on Facebook. They have it. But I, I, I can't ever get over it. The little guy that he went to Wendy's and he, and he started off at the lowest pay scale that he could start. He sweeps the floors in the place. That's all he does. Sweep floors. Sweeping the arrow. Hey, how you doing today, Johnny? I'm sweeping this floor. Sweeping the floor. He goes out in the parking lot. It's hot outside. He sweeps the parking lot out. He's the guy that's got the water hose and he's washing it off when people throw food out because they're so disrespectful. Respectful, or either they got sick eating and threw up. All right, let's just say it the way it is. He's the guy that's got the water hose. He's working outside. He, anything needs to be done. He's a little run gopher boy, you know. He get paid lower than anybody in the whole place. But that guy was faithful. And he said he just kept being faithful until God promoted him and blessed him. And finally they asked him one day if he wanted to go to cooking. If he thought he could be a line cook. To which he said, of course I can be a line cook. And he goes and he becomes one of the best line cooks they've ever had. He's already the best guy. He, he cleaned those floors better than anybody. The bathroom's never dirty. He, oh boy, that's his job. He does it with excellence. He does it to, better than anybody else. He, he starts cooking. He takes time. He does it right. Everybody's loving the food. What kind of chef y'all got at Wendy's? I mean, he's doing Doing it right, baby. Until one day he finally decides. Well, the guy comes in and says, hey, would you like to be the manager? To which he says, of course I'd love to be the manager of this place. So he's managing the Wendy's now. He's doing it with excellence. It's doing better than it's ever done. Until the day finally comes. And they say, you know what? This Wendy's, we hate to tell you guys, but it's going up for sale. Management's going to change. When he's able to lift his hand and say, I'm going to go to the bank and I'm going to get the money. And now he's the owner of the Wendy's. You understand. The point is... Faithfulness, promotion, faithfulness, promotion. And I've come to tell somebody today, it's the same concept with you. If you'll do what you can do, the best that you can do it, God's going to give you promotion. It, it, it's a simple, simple truth. I, I want to close with this. And, and you can go ahead and start playing if you don't mind, Miss Susan. I'm, I'm going to come to a close here. So the enemy often will beat us up, making us feel as if. We're failures in the kingdom of God. I've been there. You've been there. To where he's tried to make us think. Your faith. <laughs> it's done nothing for anybody. What you've done. And what he's trying to do is change your faith to a place that you're faithless. God can work with faith. God can't work with doubt. Because they're bipolar opposites. So if Satan can convince me that what I do in the kingdom of God isn't important. I become a faithless soul. And when I become faithless. I become ineffective. And then my job that maybe I once did well, I'm not doing that well anymore. No recognition for your contribution today? Stay faithful. You read the story of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They didn't say anything about this guy, Matthias. But we know that he was there when Jesus did all this supernatural stuff. He was there. But he got no recognition. Nobody says, Matthias, it was good to see you today. Matthias got the anointing oil. Matthias prayed for somebody and healed him. But he was faithful. Because he did not do it for the recognition. When you're truly faithful, it doesn't matter if people pat you on the back or not, honey. Because you don't do it for the recognition. See, this is what I like to call a kingdom mindset. When you get kingdom mentality, you don't do it for you, alright? When I preach, I don't preach for me, alright? I preach with one agenda, and that is to advance the kingdom of God. That's it. That's it. 
Some Sundays I'll do better than others. Some days you'll think that wasn't that good. Some Sundays you'll think that was really, really good. I enjoyed that. Doesn't matter. When I get up here, my job is to give it 110% of every gift that God's poured into me. When I leave this pulpit, I'm going to be emptied all of it to God. Every bit of it. That's why I sweat. That's why I act crazy. That's why y'all think I've never seen a preacher act like that. It doesn't matter. I'm pouring my gift that he's given me out to him. And I'm going to give it everything I got because I know if I'm faithful. That's what God's looking for. That's it. That's it. Faithful. Now watch. I'm going to close you with this. So you stay faithful and you stay hungry. You don't settle for mediocrity. You don't settle. So I just do this job just so I can get a paycheck. If you do that, you will not get a promotion. You will not get anything. Until you show up and show that you are going to do your job, you will not be blessed. You've got to stay hungry. No, no more mediocrity. No more halfway. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to give it everything I've got or nothing at all. These are the kinds of people God blesses. Stay hungry. Work as if God sees everything you do because He does see everything. He's your witness. He's the lifter up of your head. He's the one that brings promotion anyhow. That's in the hands of God, not man. So stay faithful in what you do. Do what you do with excellence. And then you leave the rest to the Lord. Because He knows. He sees. He has a plan for your life. I'm going to close with two scriptures today. And we're going to close in prayer. But I'm going to read it to you. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. You ready? So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable always. 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 You don't get up one Sunday and do a half-cock job and get up the next Sunday and say, I'm going to pour it all out for Jesus. You don't go to your job Monday and do a half-cock job and then, then Thursday you decide you're going to really do a good job. He says, always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know, you know in your heart that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Last one. Galatians 6.9. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time. Aren't you glad God's got a perfect time? And He can work it out just like that, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to bed tonight and wake up tomorrow morning and God change everything for you while you're sleeping. You could get a phone call tomorrow. I feel what I'm preaching. You could get a phone call tomorrow and it could change your life forever. You don't see it coming. You don't expect it coming. But God could bless you just like that. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest, a blessing if we don't give up. In, in other words, if we're just faithful, if we're faithful, God isn't asking us to do anything out of the ordinary or something so special. He's asking us just do what you can and do it with excellence and do it to the best of your ability and I'll bless you for it. God, cover us with the Matthias anointing today. Can we stand in the house of God? Father, today I want to praise you for this great, 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 great day. I want to thank you for everyone that's come today. I pray right now over this congregation that a Matthias anointing would come over them. If there's people in this congregation that have thought about quitting, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus that that would be rebuked. 
If it's people that have been waiting for promotion and blessing and they feel like nobody's been watching, I'm asking you to help them. They let a Matthias anointing hit them right now and say, I'm going to keep on doing my job. I'm going to keep on being faithful because my blessing is not in man's hands. My blessing's in the hands of God. And when God looks down and He sees I'm doing my part to the best of my ability with excellence, God promised He'll bless me. Help us, Father, not to give up. Help us not to be discouraged. Help us not to be downcast. Help us to believe and trust in you. In the name of the Lord. God bless the Baldwin family today as we close in prayer. I'm asking you, Lord, we know where Ronnie is today. But Lord, that family's suffering. They're suffering right now. And so God, I pray that you would bless them today. Let a Matthias anointing come on them as well. That they'll say, we're going to keep on going. We're going to keep on going. Father, let them know you're with them today. Let the Holy Spirit bless them. Be with them during this service at 3 o'clock. Let the Holy Ghost comfort them like only He can. In the name of Jesus. Miss Susan, I'm going to let you. We, we're going to orderly go out. Miss Susan's going to take it from there. Brian's going to sing here in a minute. I want to thank everybody for coming today. God bless you. And I'm looking forward to next Sunday. How about you? Be on there Wednesday. Wednesday, I'll be on Facebook. So please, be there 6.30. God bless you.